G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of the Bradley J. Driver Experience, the future number one podcast in the world. It is your host, Bradley J. Driver, but you can call me Brad and, you know, by now you know the drill. If you're a fan of the show, I'm a fan of yours because it's you guys that keeps this alive and thriving and I want to say thank you so much for that. You can continue to show your support by hitting the all-important follow or subscribe button leaving a five-star rating and a raving review on Apple Podcast app to ensure that we continue to grow and reach a new audience, inspiring new individuals every day. That's what I'm here to do. Today's guest is a really exciting one for me. You know, I'm on this running journey myself and this man has been on a running journey for eight years. You may know him on Instagram as 300 pounds and running. He's the founder of Slow As Fuck Run Club. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from San Francisco, California, it's Mr. Martinez Evans. Brett, what's up, man? What's up? Mate, it's, it's great to have you here. It's like I was saying, back in June, I think we first connected and I remember coming across you on, I think it was something like um, Lad Bible or something like that on Facebook. There was a little story about you and I loved it, dude, because you were just bouncing with energy. There was so much going on in that video that, you know, there was a story of the overcoming of the odds and a, a lot of ways that I felt like your story connected with mine, but on a different level. Mm-hmm. And I want to kick this off with, with something I heard you say, and it's where your running journey began. And I loved it because, you know, 24 years ago, I was born with cystic fibrosis and 24 years ago, my parents were told by a doctor some negative news that if they were, I guess if they were sitting there and taking that on and took that on as gospel, my life would have gone in a different direction. But they decided to forget that, that negative mindset and that one individual's opinion and move forward and overcome the odds. And you had a very similar situation, not 24 years ago, but just in the more recent years where a doctor mm-hmm. with a more negative mindset said something to you and it triggered a little spark inside. And I want to kick it off with that. Talk me through where it all began. Oh, man. Whew, you bring me back today. So imagine June of July 2012 at the years of playing football, play collegiate football, you know, I've got up, ballooned all the way up to about 360, 70, 80 pounds, somewhere around there. Um, my life of football, being a football player, has been over a few years, but I'm still living those unhealthy habits without the working out part. I'm selling shoes, at, uh, shoes and suits at a, a, at a men's warehouse, and I find myself sitting in front of a doctor, you know, being on my feet all this time for a long time, 40, 50 hours a week. Um, I have felt the sharp pain in my hip, which led me to go to a doctor, which led me to go to another doctor and then another doctor. So about the time I got to a third doctor, which was an orthopedic surgeon, you know, I'm thinking I might have to get a hip replacement or something. And, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm like, well, what, what is it doc? Like, is it all the years I was playing football, you know, uh, what is it? He's like, Mr. Evans, you're fat. And I'm like, what? Like, you're fat. So he goes on this whole rant and tangent about me being fat. I need to lose weight. I need to start walking. 
And sarcastically, I said to him, like, I'm going to run a marathon. And he laughs at me, like the biggest belly laugh like you ever seen somebody laugh. Like I was a comedian, like I was telling a joke. And he was like, you run a marathon? Like, that's the most stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. So I was like, screw you, man. I'm going to run this marathon. And like after um, about another five to 10 minutes of like arguing with this dude, I w walked out the, well, not walked out, but like stormed out the doctor's office, got in my car. And as I was driving home, I see the running shoe store. I made a U-turn, went in there, running the shoe store and told them I need shoes and I need them now because I'm going to run a marathon. I love that, bro. I love that so much. And I remember hearing, I think I listened to you on another pod a couple days ago and you were saying it was that person at the shoe store that gave you a little bit of guidance and realigned you with where it all needs to begin and how you need to start piecing that puzzle together. But, you know, we all have those moments, right, where mm – -hmm something wakes us up in life or something triggers an emotion or a spark or a little bit of motivation. And you know, we all do it on the bloody 31st of December, don't we? Like <laughs> yeah, new year's coming up and I've got some big plans. I've got some things that I want to conquer, but quite often it's, you know, I've spoken a lot about this idea of progress through purpose. And for me, everything I'm doing at the moment, like I've never been a runner and I, for me, the idea of 5Ks was mammoth until 14 weeks ago mm -hmm. where I started my journey. And because it's been so aligned with purpose and doing something that means more than just to me, but to a community of people who are, I guess, united by a common cause, I've found that progress strives because of that purpose. And I can imagine for you, this is not just one of those moments where you go buy a set of running shoes and you know, you have two or three runs in the space of two weeks and then all of a sudden the running shoes find their way to the back of the shoe cupboard um, and, and you're just back into that life. You, you literally changed your life in the space of a few moments. So where does it go from there? You pick up a set of shoes and do you start pounding the pavement? Do you start planning? You know, talk me through Oh, that. man, I got those shoes and I got on a treadmill. I turned that bad boy up to like seven and I felt miserably man I couldn't even run longer than 15 seconds man I felt like the treadmill was rejecting me like I felt like the treadmill was having an allergic reaction to my body it ain't easy and, hey <laughs> and I, I just felt miserably and like it was hard man it was hard and you know something has brought me back to this whole thing you know something I have tattooed on my right wrist it's his favorite quote from Frederick Douglass and it's, you know, without struggle, there will be no progress. And I was like, no struggle, no progress. So, you know, I had to readjust what I thought this was going to be. You know, like I said, my, 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 my days of football prime was behind me and I just had to like re readjust and rethink this thing. So taking it slow, all right, I can only run 15 seconds. Let's see if I can do 30 the next day. Let's see if I can do a minute next week and so on and so forth. And so like, when you look at me now, I ran anywhere between four and five marathons last year. So many That's of them, I didn't forget how many I didn't ran. Man, I congratulate you so much on that because for the, you know, the, the common folk who don't run, the idea of running a marathon is mammoth but I think mm -hmm. you appreciate it even more when you're on that journey 
yeah. and you hit that long run or that big those big k's and you go fuck this isn't easy <laughs> it's not Marathons easy aren't easy bro <laughs> you know and i think to run four or five in a year means that you're training consistently and you're putting in consistent work so mate you know a huge congratulations to you but where does this then get to that point where you know you're obviously progressing and anyone knows when you put work and time into something you progress you get better you learn and you grow but when does this become there's actually a business or an idea in this and I've heard the origin story of the name 300 100 pounds and running talk us through mm -hmm. that and where that persona and that business was born Oh man, um, I think that's a good question. So, 300 pounds of running, the name came from an ONWA song called 100 Miles of Running. And I was like, I love that song with a passion. And I was like, you know what? I'm 300 plus pounds and I'm going to be running. Like, it's 300 pounds of running, baby. So, it more or less just came from that, man. It, it, it came easy. That was the only name that I thought of when I was like, I'm doing this thing. And it just became, it just stuck. It's a household name now. I love it, bro. I love it. And for you, like that journey of, of doc, did it just start with documenting the journey more so than anything? Yeah. So, you know, I bought the running shoes, ran, talked about it. And, you know, it was first like just a regular blog. Cause you know, I started this in like 2012, man. So you know, I was like, I'll, I'll start a blog because that was the thing to do in 2012 was to blog about it and things of that sort. So, you know, I just started blogging about it of like my daily happenings of what it meant to be a runner, a fat runner at that. And then like people started catching on. Like I started off with just uh, like my mom, my sister and some of my friends like reading it yeah. to like at one point, you know, 40, 50,000 page views a month. That's bro. That is awesome. And you know, I can channel that because you know, my mom comments, a love heart and tells me I'm handsome on everything I post on <laughs> IG. So I know what it's like <laughs> to begin with that family love, um, but to grow from something more. And the thing I love about your movement is, you know, if people go and, you know, I hope they do go and jump on your IG page whilst listening or after listening to this episode, and at the top, it says, this ain't a weight loss journey. And I love that because mm -hmm. I think for me, you know, I wasn't on a weight loss journey when I started, but the byproduct of running and moving your body and pursuing something that is great for your health, there's just so many positive byproducts, whether that be mentally, physically, or in, you know, whatever spiritual element you're searching for. It's just one of the amazing things that happens is you're getting healthier and you're getting better at everything you do in your life through running. It is such a, a sport that just really helps in all aspects of your life. Talk to me through the positive benefits for you. Like, was this life changing, not just in the way that it gave you something new to, to chase and a new goal and new purpose, but does this just level you up mentally? Yeah. When you just talk about running in general, like I'm a better person when I'm running compared to when I'm not, not running. Right. Like it's so much, you know, I think about like this, like, I'm not really a spiritual person. I'm not really a religious person, but I think when I'm out running and just hearing the rhythms of like my feet hitting the ground, listening to myself breathe, I feel like I'm one with my maker, whatever that may be. I get that. So it's, 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 it's bigger than me. 
like me doing this is bigger than just like a fat man running. Like it's bigger than that. That's good to hear. Talk to me through the first marathon. You know, I'm, I'm embarking. <laughs> the I'm first 14, marathon. So I'm 14 weeks into training for my first. I'm six weeks out. And like I started at 5Ks, right? So I remember mm. my first long run was seven and a half. And I was like amping myself up. I was listening to music in the car. Like, come on, you got to get this. You got to get this. <laughs> and now for me now, like I've conquered a 30 along the way. But bro, like 30Ks, it's, it's mentally, it's a fight. Yeah. Now you're sitting there and you're running and me and my mate are running like talking some David Goggins shit to each other. Like, stay hard, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Like trying to amp each other up. But to get to that first 42, I, I can imagine you just fight, you know, what's 42, 26 miles for you guys, but you would just fight so many demons and mental battles along the way. What was that like? I think it's the same thing. It, it, it is fighting demons. It's fighting in the voice. Like running a marathon, it's synonymous to like your body telling you to stop or your mind telling you to want, telling you to stop but your heart is like, no, fuck that. Keep going. Yeah. So it's, it's a constant battle of like the heart and the mind of no, you need to stop. And no, I need to finish this shit that amongst it, you have to find different ways and different tricks to like really keep yourself motivated where, whether it's light pole to light pole, whether it's talking to random people, all of this stuff. Right. And I remember, like, for my first marathon, there's this fucking bus, the SAG vehicle. You know, it's like the supplies of SAG means, like, supplies and something else. But, like, this is the vehicle that lags in the back, pick up injured runners and things of that sort. And I remember, you like, yeah, I'm at the end of the race. I'm in the back of the pack. And, like, he's picking up people, and, like, this fucker just kept, antagonizing me like hey big man like you want to ride like you need to go ahead and get up on this bus and all this other stuff like to the point i was like yo like leave me the fuck alone like yeah i don't need you how, how long need is he hassling you, right? you for the last six miles oh my god so you're in pain and you're yeah. like get out of my fucking head and leave me yes i just want to do this bro yes. it's like it's almost like, it's almost creepy, isn't it? It's like if you were a kid and he was asking you to get in the bus, like, yes. go to jail, motherfucker, leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, like and I remember it, 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 was, it was a hard race. It was a rough race. Um, I remember this lady giving me like a handful of Jolly Ranchers where I, I didn't have anything. Like I ran out of race snacks, out of water. And like she just ran next to me with like two handfuls of like Jolly Ranchers. It's like here you go. And what's a, hey, like, what's a know, Jolly Rancher? So Jolly Rancher is like this hard candy. It's like hard okay. ca flavored candy. Um, and she gave me a bunch of them, and I just sucked on those all the way to the end of the race, man. Yeah, you need something, right? And you know, for me, like as I talk to more and more people who have run marathons or run crazy distances there's one or two things that happens at the end of that race, right? You either, you get the people that finish and go, I love that. And for all the struggle, I just want to do that again. When's the next opportunity? Then there's the ones that go, there's probably three types of people that go, fuck, that's the first and last time I'll ever run a marathon. <laughs> then there's, I reckon the third person that after goes, 
I'll never do that again. But once the pain wears off, they're signing up. They're looking mm-hmm. for the next race. Who are you? I got home. I got home from that marathon and cried like a baby in the bathtub as everything hurt during my my ice bath. And I was like, I don't think I'm doing this again. Like I'm done. Like I'm hanging it up. And I really got like real bad post marathon depression. Yeah. Like or like post race depression or like the what they call like the marathon blues. I got real bad depressed. And it, it took me about a month and a half to like really shake that off and get back into running again. Yeah. And then when I got back into it, I was like, oh, like this is it. I love that. Cause that's that's the hardest thing, I think, once you've accomplished something, finding the next goal. And yeah. you, know, for, you know, one thing I've said to a lot of people for the first time in a long time, because I competed a lot as a kid, but it's been a good like 10 years since I've competitively pushed myself in any sport. You lose that like when you don't have that competitive drive, it feels like something's missing, right? Yeah. When you're chasing it does. something, it's a good feeling. It's it good does. Feeling. And it's like I'm addicted to the journey. And if like you could see, like, I don't even know if you can see it without yeah, me pulling yeah, out the medals, that. but like all, all of you listening to serious medals there. Like, you know, over the hundred races that I've completed, right? Um, but it really was like, I need, I need to do more of this and I need to have plans on top of plans and so on and so forth. So much so that I just started race stacking. So like, this is how I got to four or five marathons in a year. It's because when you always got a race to train for, yeah, like you just don't stop. Yeah, I just think don't stop. I think that's great advice for anyone who, whether it be running or anything in life, if there's a goal ahead and there's something you're looking forward to, it's so much easier to stay on track. You don't not get out of bed in the morning. Sometimes it happens, but I think it just gives you like an anchor. Yeah. Talk to me before the the first marathon. What was your longest run? Like longest training? Um, 22. 22. So that's pretty close. How did that 22 feel? Hellacious. It felt like I didn't know if I was going to do it or not. Yeah. And I think that's the so scary 22 thing. 22 miles. It's a, it's a I'm long. just trying to do the quick, uh, quick. Uh, so okay. it's a 35K. Well, that's, that's going to be my longest pre. pre. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably three weeks out from that run and I'm nervous as hell. But you know, you know the thing I love? What? We've got a place. So I live in Wollongong, which is an hour south of Sydney, Australia. And we've got a little like burger place here. It's called Chico's. So it's all chicken schnitzel burgers. But all snitty burgers, best chips on the planet. And after a long run day, I go straight there and I get the biggest burger and chips you've ever seen in your life. I don't care if it takes me an hour to eat it. I sit there and I eat it. Mm. And there's so much joy in that. So that's what I look forward to every <laughs> long run day. It's like I get, to, I get to eat that straight after. It's the best. It's the best. For you, like post-run, what you go to? Carrot cake. Hands down. Carrot cake. Yes. I like that. There could be a bit it's of that in the mix on the day. It's the healthiest cake you ever have in your life. It sounds the healthiest, right? <laughs> So when did, you know, through the timeline of this, you said this all began in 2012, but the journey started then, you know, we're now in 2020, this is a good eight years of 
of you getting after it, running, bettering yourself as an athlete, um, as a runner. But obviously, it's you know been the last couple of years that this brand has really taken off for you, and you've had some, you know, you're getting good expo- exposure out of the blog, but it looks like you've had some really good video press and some great articles written about you. Talk me through that feeling of, you know, you've been hustling for so long, and you know, I, I know as a creator in, in the early stages, I've been doing this for under a year. You know, when you start to feel things changing and you feel that shift in momentum where you're starting to get noticed and people are starting to, I guess, credit you for your work. What does that feel like? Um, it feels good. It, it feels validating, man. Cause like, yes, I have been at this for eight years and to think about consistency is like, or just success is just consistency over time. Definitely. So the thing is like, regardless of what it is, it's being consistent long enough for people to like see you you know there's always this phrase of like uh, overnight success is not really an overnight success it's all of the years that go into um getting there and for me it's, it's it's no different it's no different at all you know i put in years doing this i've you know it's a been it's been a bumpy road it's been a bumpy ride you know a lot of like questioning whether or not this thing really matters and then eight years later, you know, truthfully, like six years, six to eight years later, to now reap the benefits of all the momentum that you've been putting into this thing, like feels yeah. validating. Oh, 100%. I can imagine. I look forward to that day where I feel that myself. And, you know, anyone knows, like I know on a day where I go out and do a long run or there's a big run involved in that week that's a hard day to like have time to do anything else. You know, it's time on the feet. It does take a lot of your day. Do you have some people helping you with all your business stuff? Cause you'd be busy. As of lately. Yes. Um, but before no, like I did everything. I wrote all the blog posts. I contacted all the people on the podcast, any and everything I, I done. I shipped the shirts out, all of that. It wasn't until recently that I um, just hired some people to come onto the team to help relieve some of this stuff. And it's all a struggle. Like I have, I actually have four people on my team right now. Um, Have a a business manager who helped with all the finances and like making sure that I'm paying taxes and things of that sort on time. Um, An executive assistant that manages my emails and to check and say, hey, you received an email from Brad in June when you haven't responded. <laughs> Are you still interested in this? <laughs> I love that. I love, hey, shout out to your assistant for coming in clutch when we needed it. Hey. You know what's all a bit confusing and scary? Buying your first home and getting your first loan approved. You see, I'm 24 and I bought my first property last year. Even as an agent at the time, there was so much I didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, 
head across to ZacharyBidoff.com or find the link in the show notes. Now you may be hearing that and thinking, I don't need a loan. Maybe you've already secured a home or investment property. I'm sure at the time you purchased that property of yours with purpose. For some, it serves as an investment. For others, it's a space that became a home for you and your family to enjoy. Whatever the reason, with each new beginning comes an end. The family grows, the next investment opportunity presents itself, or maybe it's just time to retire to a beachside apartment and enjoy your days at the local cafes. Regardless of your reason, you'll need an amazing agent to assist in the process and secure a result that allows you to financially facilitate the next purchase. My good friend Jake McKenzie is not only one of the kindest people on planet Earth, but he's a bloody great real estate agent too. A reputation built on the back of exceptional results in the Illawarra region and great morals in each of his property transactions, you can't go wrong in calling on Jake McKenzie for your next property sale. Call Jake on 0411 574 568 or head to the show notes for all of his contact details. While we're on the property train, it's a great opportunity to talk about my next sponsor. If you're looking at purchasing an apartment or selling one, you may be familiar with the idea of a strata report. It's the document that outlines all the good, the bad and the ugly within the body corporate's financial plans and all the issues that need to be addressed before you put pen to paper on a sales contract. But how do you organise that and who does it for you? Well, that's where Coastal Strata comes in. They are your go-to service in New South Wales, providing reports, bylaws and renovation approvals. For all their services, head to coastalstrata.com.au or find the link in the show notes. As you all know, I've been pushing the body to its limits, training for 42 for CF. Before I started my program, I'd never run more than 6K and within six weeks, I was able to run 25 kilometers. It's amazing to see what the body's capable of, but at the same time, with crazy progress and increased stress on the body, come some of those little injuries or little fires that need to be contained and put out, just to ensure that I keep moving in the right direction. Any runner knows that lower limb issues are almost a certainty when you lace up the sneakers and pound the pavement. That's why I reach out to a specialist to maintain my lower limb health. Sanjay Parisher is the owner and specialist at the Foot and Ankle Clinic of Australia. With his guidance, I've been able to manage my lower limb injuries to keep the ball rolling and the legs clocking over the Ks. For all you runners and athletes, head over and check out their website in the show notes or call 1300 030324 to book your appointment at one of their many locations and find the cause of your lower limb issues. Right. You know, so I have somebody helping with that. You know, I do a lot of virtual races, so I have an assistant who's helping out with that. And then I have somebody who helps with, you know, making sure, you know, my social media posts go on time and things of that sort. So, like, I have a bunch of people, uh, and I'm still constantly building a team. And, you know, I, I think that's even a hard struggle in itself to, like, do everything. Like, I learned a lot of school, like a lot of skills. I went to school to learn different skills, took classes, like everything from like taking a photography class to taking like a social media marketing class to learning Facebook ads. Like I did everything, right? Like I'm like the utility knife. That's awesome. So now um, to like reap these benefits and now, you know, people coming to me and say, hey, 
Like, do you do consulting? Like, would you be able to consult me with this? And me be like, okay, here's my rate, like take it or leave it. But also being able to like better my platform and take it to the next level where I want it to be. I love that. And where is that next level? Like for you, is there a, a goal in mind now for this brand and for you personally? Absolutely. Well, first things first, um, I'm currently in the process of selling the book idea to um, some press, to uh, some publishing uh, outlet. So that's one thing that I'm working on, getting my first book out there and let that, 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 that be a national, you know, worldwide seller. Um, what else? You know, a hundred plus thousand members in Slow AF Run Club. You know, one of, one of my big ideas or one of my big goals is to have, like I said, hundreds of thousands of people that's been back of the pack, who've been taunted, who like just been an afterthought when it comes to racing for us to have our own race or to like go to Berlin, London, Boston Marathon and take up space. Like I can see thousands of people running in the back of the pack with slowly up shirts on. Like Dude, that would so be the cool. goal. That's epic. I love that. And that's where for you, I can imagine that's where you feel like you're making real change. Like that is worth more than the paycheck a lot of the time, right? Where you feel that you're actually doing something for these people in their lives that they won't forget. They'll always remember that being a part of a community where they felt they could get better. They felt they were accepted and they felt that that was the first time they were ever motivated to keep moving. Yeah. And it's all that, and it's all hard, Brad. Like when you're doing all this by yourself, like shit is hard. Like to go out and like not have a photographer and like take pictures of yourself on a timer and like figure out the right angle just so you can get that one shot so you can post on Instagram. And then like people, you know, at one point I was getting uh, 200 new DMs a day of like, hey, you inspirational. Hey, we would like to work with you or just like whatever, whatever. And then like trying to manage that, manage a community of 6,000 plus members, write a blog post, you know, uh, publish a podcast episode, like all that shit is a lot and it's hard work. And like, only thing you really want in life is just to be validated from people to say like, Hey, like I, I enjoyed this thing. I hear that. Um, so yeah, like it's one thing to get paid for and do and get paid, you know, of course, like get paid to do the things you love because a, it's a lot of work. And a lot of people take that stuff for granted, but it's also the satisfaction of like having raving people that believe in the idea that you have and be able to like cape for that. Meaning like they put on their own Superman or Superwoman cape to tell the whole world or like this man has this idea that's going to change the world and like I'm a part of it and you should be a part of it as well. I love to hear that. I love to hear it. You said in there, you said two things. The first thing I noticed was about the self-timer. We had our own self-timer moment before we started the podcast. I said to Martinez, I said, I'm no Joe Rogan yet, so I've got to throw this thing on self-timer and get a thumbnail. Um, (laughs) The second thing was you said about brands saying they wanted to work with you and collaborating with certain people. I can see you're repping 
the three stripes at the moment, the Adidas mm-hmm. brand. You've been doing a bit of work with them, hey? Yeah. You know, three, three stripes love me and I love three stripes. Hey, how surreal is that to, to say like, because, you know, there are, I think there are two big brands in the world in the running spaces, a few, mm-hmm. um, but you're repping one of them. What's that feel like? Oh man, it's surreal. Um, I think the the most surreal part is like going on set for a commercial and they know more about you than what you think you even know about yourself. Yeah. Like, I think that's hilarious or interesting, but also like to know that all of this hard work you put in to see like the big dogs in the field recognize you. Right. And just be like, yo, like we see what you doing. We want to amplify this and whatever and however we can do to help let us know. You know and what I love? That's amazing. I love that play that you can see those big brands beginning to make because, you know, for so long, you know, we all look up to the athletes of the world. Like you said, you used to play football in college and, and high school. And, you know, I look up to athletes. I look up to guys like LeBron and, you know, these guys that are, you know, figures we aspire to be like, and we mm-hmm. aspire to perform like in our given fields. But I think there's a real play and something to be said for these bigger brands to find more, I guess, down to earth stories. Guys like yourself who aren't professionally paid athletes on a team with someone managing every step they take and massaging you every night and cooking your dinner for you and making sure your veggies are prepped to recover the next day. There's something to be said for those guys that are in the becomings of an athlete, you know, walking those, those similar steps and after those certain journeys, but are maybe more connected to the individuals at home that are just trying to stay fit and healthy. Do you see those brands making a big play in that direction? It makes more sense. It makes more sense to do that. And here's why. Um, we're a lot more accessible than like LeBron. So like, yeah. as I'm getting 200, like I said, at one point I'm getting 200 DMs a day and I'm responding to them. Like try DM and DM, uh, LeBron. Can I, can I just say on that, I'll interject. <laughs> Can you get your assistant to go, to go hook up with him? Because bro, he still hasn't replied to mine. So, <laughs> so, of course, like it's the accessibility, right? I think Definitely. the other thing is that marathon running is an interesting thing to be in because it's an individual sport that people like do as a thing, as like a part of another thing, right? So like as an individual sport, we're racing against our own time, but we're doing it amongst 30, 40,000 people all at once. Definitely. So it's like this thing of like community that happens. Like I'm a runner, you a runner, you get it. Right. So when you talk about horror stories on like how to find a bathroom or like, how are you going to use the bathroom yeah. running 42 K like, yeah that's a horror story right so we're able to be able to share these things and i think that the other thing is that everyone wants to like see like see themselves and you know in themselves like only thing we really want to do be able to do is be represented so everybody can't be lebron and, and and like the representation of lebron isn't in everybody 
but you can see a Martinez Evans and see a 350 pound man run multiple marathons and be like, well, fuck, like his big ass is out there doing it. Well, shit, like what's stopping me? 100%. And I love that you said that because that's been, that's been my whole journey. The reason I done what I done was I had, um, I'm not sure if I filled you in on the story, but I had some bleeding lungs with my cystic fibrosis. So I was in hospital in July. I was a, I think it was mid July. I was in hospital in the emergency department. My lungs were bleeding for the third day in a row. And I said to my dad, we were looking back on an old Instagram photo I'd posted of him. He was running across the line of a, doing a promo shoot with a beer in his hand. And he wasn't a runner. He was just a fit dude who played football over here in Australia. And he set out to do a 212 kilometer run over three days for Cystic Fibrosis Australia. And we're having a laugh at this photo. And I said to my dad, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon before the end of the year. And this is like five minutes before that I was coughing up blood. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you reckon you can do it? And I was like, hundred percent. And I was like, and I want to do it because not everyone, like everyone with cystic fibrosis has the opportunity to do something positive to change their health. But maybe not every one of them has the mindset to overcome the situation they're in right now. And if I can show what's possible, other people will do it too. And it's right. been the most amazing journey, just connecting with, you know, kids that are in hospital with, with issues I've had and they've seen I've come out the other side and them and their families are excited watching the training videos, knowing what's possible. And that is the best feeling where you feel you can connect with that audience and that group of people that didn't know it was possible for them. And I can imagine for you what you're doing and the reason you've been so successful is that reason. And, you know, amongst many, but that reason where there is a whole, a whole market of people there who just want to know that they've got, got it in them too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think here's the thing, right? Like, like I said, I've ran over a hundred races and each medal means something to me. But I think what's, what means the most is like when I'm running and I'm like struggling through a whole thing. Like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this race. And then somebody comes to me with like the brightest eyes and be like, holy fuck, like you're Martinez Evans, like you're 300 pounds and running. Like, like you don't know how much you've helped me in some of the darkest spots of my life. And it's like, really? And they're like, yes. And like, we have this whole conversation. And I think that's the thing that really matters the most to me. It's this whole thing of like, you don't know who you're aspiring you don't know who's watching, um, but they're watching. Yeah, big respect to that. Big respect to that. Hey, you said over 100 races now. What's been the favorite? What's been the hardest? And which one haven't you done yet that you're looking forward to conquering? Oh, man. So here's a few things. With COVID-19, you might know her as Miss Rona. Yeah. As we like to call her. Miss Rona is, you know, uh, the bane of my existence because this year, you know, with me being with the three stripes, I was supposed to run Boston, Berlin, London, and I think Tel Aviv. Oh, that would have been insane. So I've already ran Berlin before. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Berlin. 
because, you know, I ran it last year and it was a very tough race. You know, it was rain, it humid, it was humid, it got cold and all these other things. And I didn't get a chance to cross the finish line like I want to. So that's the race that I'm looking for for as redemption. Um, favorite race out of all the races. A race that is my favorite is one of the ones I didn't finish. Big Sur Marathon. Big Sur Marathon has an elevation of like 6,000 feet. Oh. It's a very tough race. It's a point-to-point race, but I had so much fun on there. And they have a very strict cutoff. I didn't make it, but I had so much fun. Um, Other races. New York City Marathon. I love that marathon so much. That because would be a little journey, wouldn't it? Yes. New York City is by far the greatest marathon and race that I've ever been a part of. So you haven't done London yet, but you were supposed to, weren't you? Yeah, I'm supposed to be at London. I feel like um, London would be on a similar level, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have like the big six. So London, Boston, Berlin, New York City, Chicago, and what's the other one? I'm missing one. But it's called the World Majors, right? Um, And like those are like by far per capita, like the biggest races in the world. So like this is where you see like um, the professional runners come and race and for like the big prizes and things of that sort. So that usually bring out a lot of people as well. Uh, yeah. And those racers are just so fun and it's so energetic. It's cool that you've been able to travel the world and, and tackle some of these races. Like where do you first, because, you know, I think most people start locally, right? They start something that's close to home or, you know, not too far from and it's your first race and there's so much hype and, you know, um, nerve and, and anxiety leading up to that. You just want to be close to home to get it done. But when do you actually right. say, I'm going to start getting on planes to go run some marathons? I would say after the first one. After the first one, you'd be like, I want to get on planes. And here's why. Like, throughout this whole process, you know, a running journey is not in a vacuum. So you're going to post about it on social media. You're going to find and follow other people who are also in running circles. Yeah. You're going to join Facebook groups. You'll possibly, hopefully, you'll join Slow F Run Club. And right, so you're going to meet some of these people online and be like, man, you're cool. What races are you running? Like, I want to run together. Like, let's have, like, let's do this together. Like, let's do these hard things together. Yeah. And like, when that happens, you're like, oh, I'm traveling. Yeah, definitely. And then, and next thing you know, you hear about like, you know, the 50 Staters Club where people run marathons in all 50 states in the United States or like the five, the five continent club. I think it's five continents. Uh, or the five or the six continent club where they run a marathon on each continent in the world. Right. It's like, you start getting to these things like, holy hell, like you ran a marathon a week for three years straight. Like that's what insane. the fuck? Like that's insane. And like, you start to hear these stories and, you know, talk to other people about their journeys and like be able to talk shop about running and things of that sort that, you want to travel. You want to be out in a while to be able to experience this stuff with other things, with other people. Dude, we had a guy here in Sydney. His name's Ned Brockman. 
he's starting to get a bit of a bit of national press at the moment because he's just finished 50 marathons in 50 days Mm-hmm. and he was lit- like literally working every day from 7am to 3pm and as an electrician on site. And I've never seen a guy run a marathon with so much energy in my life. Like he was pumped in every one of them. And mm-hmm. I couldn't believe he finished it. Like I thought, what an outstanding achievement. And he ran them quick. And like, it's like you said, when you start to get connected to more people through this space, you realize pretty quickly, God, how much there is out there to challenge yourself, how much, there is, you know, and how many people you want to run with, you want to experience different races with. It just fuels you. Like I'm, I'm so excited for my event, but I'm so excited for post event. Like what's next? Yeah. Like what can I tackle? What other things can I look at? And that's the beauty of this. Absolutely. And I think that's the, the main thing. And I think that I, that's the unfortunate thing about coronavirus, you know, as a runner and like just seeing race after race get canceled and drop like flies, you know, for me, of course, you know, getting the medal is a good thing, but being able to travel the world, see new places, you know, talk to new people all under the guise of like running 26.2 miles. Yeah. It's like the greatest feeling in the world. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Well, I'm yet to experience it that very soon. Hey, you're in San Fran, aren't you? Yes. And what's it like to run around there? I can imagine lots of elevation. Hilly is all hill. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We So here in Wollongong, to give you, I guess, a geography um, lesson on our area, we're literally between the mountains and the sea. Mm-hmm. So it's probably, I reckon, there's very few places in the world where the sea and the mountains so closely meet and everything is just in between it. And unless you really hit the trails though, there is an elevation. So unless you hit the mountains, a lot of what we have here along the coastline, and you know, we've probably got 20 beaches in the space of 20 kilometers Mm -hmm. is just flat track. So we hit a lot of flat track in our training during the week. And you know, I run with a group called the Active Boys Run Club and all of our runs are really flat. And for the first time I really ventured out to hit some elevation, not on purpose, just on like pure ridiculousness of not planning the route for my first 30k run. Oh, I tell you what, the back end of that run, <laughs> Jesus, my quads, my hemis, I was cooked. I was in a world of pain and it just gives you, I guess, perspective. Those guys that run trails or run some serious elevation, there's huge respect to that. Yeah, because it's no joke. Yeah, no, definitely. It's no joke to all think there's all, it's all fun and games until like your chest is uh, tight and you feel like your lungs are on fire from like running up a hill. Oh, 100%. 100%. Hey, look, I want to let you get back to your day. This has been an incredible chat. And when I say get back to your day, actually get to your evening because it is very late afternoon over there in San Fran, um, early morning here in Australia. But it's been an absolute pleasure and I want to make sure that people become a part of your community, are able to connect with you. Are you on Strava? Yes, I'm on Strava. So for all you runners, go give this man some kudos. That's what we like. (laughs) There's no feeling. So I said there's no better feeling than getting some kudos on Strava after you've conquered a big ass run. There's nothing like it. Um, But then on Instagram, go and follow 300 pounds in running. You are run slow AF for the run club and yep. is there anywhere else these people can connect with you 
Um, slowefrunclub.com. Awesome. And you've got a podcast too. You've got two podcasts, yeah? Yes. You know, we got the long run with Martinez and Latoya and the 300 pounds and running podcast all on the same feed. So if you check out the 300 pounds and running podcast network, you'll be able to enjoy two podcasts for the price of one. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my absolute pleasure to sit here across from this man and chat running, chat life and chat inspirational story. And I guess the message is get out, get started and find something you love because when you push yourself to that area, you're not comfortable. That's when you experience all the great things that life has to offer. Thank you. It was amazing. Man. <laughs>